This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside of you on the next opponents for Ipswich Town. And this is going to be a very interesting one today, listeners, because we're going right the way across the pond um, ladies and gentlemen please pray silence for Russ Goldman from the mighty Cottage Short podcast where the hell are you Russ? <laughs> I'm on the coast of Maine in a town called the Gunkwit and <laughs> uh, it's that? beautiful here uh, yes O-G-U-N-Q-I-T uh, it's actually beautiful here it's about two hours from where I live uh, it's right on the corner of New Hampshire Maine and Massachusetts. It's actually really nice. And but what, what percentage of our listeners do you think have ever been there? I pro- your, yours probably maybe 1%. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is it? And thank you for coming on while you're on holiday. Oh, it's gorgeous here. Uh, the hotel I'm staying on is, is basically overlooking the ocean. And uh, it really is a, a gorgeous location, and I'm just here with my family, but I wanted to make sure I could do this podcast with you. Well, that's very, very good of you, and I'm sure our listeners are going to appreciate it greatly. Can you tell me a bit about College Talk? College Talk, for God's sake. Yes, you can tell I'm talking to an American, kind of College Talk. Um, tell me a bit about Cottage Talk, and which one of, it, of your contributors is it who always takes the mick out of Mick McCarthy as well? That would be Giannis. Giannis actually does that on a regular basis. He does a very good Mick McCarthy. He does, yeah. We joke about it all the time. Almost every show he comes on, he wants to do his impression of Mick, (laughs) which is is so much fun. Giannis is a very personal guy. He's actually up in Canada, in Toronto, but he's originally from England. And uh, he's the one that usually does it. And what's great about Cottage Talk is, uh, it's funny, just starting... My seventh season of doing it wow. uh, on the tomorrow is the six-year anniversary of Cottage Talk. It's amazing and, and, uh, to see how how long we've been doing this. And where can where can people find you? Because you'll be doing quite a bit on Ipswich this weekend, won't you? <laughs> well, you can find it obviously uh, on Apple Podcasts. You can find it there. You can find it on BlogTalkRadio.com. You can find it on Stitcher, the TuneIn app. 
It's basically everywhere. I promote it on cottagesconfidential.sbnation.com. It's there as well. So there are plenty of places to listen to the show. Okay, so before we talk about Saturday's game, let's go back and look at the form from last season. So I'm going to Boxing Day 2016, a 2-0 victory for Fulham at Portman Road. Fulham dominated it and won pretty easily but interestingly it was two set piece goals that actually won it for them Martin with a direct free kick and Sigurdsson heading in for a corner I also remember some spectacular um, missing from Floyd Aite that day what 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 are your reactions on that time of the season and that um, that performance against Ipswich that performance was pivotal to our season that I won't say it was the moment that everything changed. I, I think it would be the moment where I realized that we were on to uh, a special season that could potentially end in the top six. Because to go on the road to Port, uh, Portland Road and Portman Road, excuse me, and get that done is amazing. And that just showed how far that we came because we knew that we'd be playing against a team that would make it difficult for us to play. We still played our stuff, and we found a way to win, like you said, on set pieces, which is not the way that we usually get it done. And uh, that was a pivotal moment in the season where I really felt that the season was, was going to be a good one for form. So, unfortunately, it wasn't the result you guys wanted, but for us, it really just showed how far we have come. And it's funny you mentioned about Aite. Uh we learned a little bit about Ayite. Ayite can can be spectacular, but can be inconsistent when it comes to scoring. Unfortunately, I, I'm looking as we're doing this to uh, tweets from the team on the presser, and, and uh, Ayite won't be available for the match. Oh, and uh, okay. and apparently Sonia Luco has a hip problem. They're going to assess him to see if he can play. I'm actually reading from tweets from Jokanovic as we speak, but. Uh, that's just to give you a little inside info while we do this uh, podcast. Uh, but, but yeah, no, listen, it, it was a pivotal game for Fulham uh, just just to really tell the fans where we were. To, to go in a place, to go in a difficult place to win is, is, is amazing. And was that the point where the formation got set with the three guys swarming in the midfield and the three forwards? Had he been working towards that and that was the first time it... It clicked, or had had that been coming? That had been coming. That that I, I would say it had clicked prior to that, but it really was, you know, on display then. That's when we really saw how everything could work, because Fulham are really about the uh, midfield three. If the midfield three are working together, everything flows from that point on, and that's when they really got it together. It's funny, uh, Ben. I was listening to one of your uh, episodes and you were throwing out this theory about passing teams. Yes. And I, and and honestly, I'm starting to agree with you because you brought up examples of three teams that struggle are struggling right now. And it might have to do with getting the passing game and teams being worn down over the course of the season to, it really taking effect. It seems like it's it's twofold. Yeah, the you've, pass, the, you've just the said passing that, has to be going. You've just said that far more articulately than I did. I was trying to get my head around <laughs> this, and my theory was that yeah. Fulham, Brentford, and Reading will start to get an advantage as you go yep. into winter, and 
the, the the teams like if you look Ipswich and Cardiff right at the top of the league I can't believe I'm saying that um, yep. who are up and at them and pressing and direct their their advantage is greatest in August when players are freshest and fittest and you might see these teams come through and I, I'm just trying to trying to justify the the league table at the moment but yeah I'm I'm glad someone kind of agrees. No, listen, I actually agree with you because I was uh, on a walk here in Maine and I'm listening to that episode and you're talking about this with Dave and I'm thinking, I think uh, I think Ben nailed this because I was thinking about the three teams and then I was thinking about last season where we struggled in September and until they got the midfield three solidified, well, it was difficult. That was a difficult month for us and then I'm, then I'm thinking, okay, I think uh, I think Ben Bloom's on to something because you're talking about the three teams. And I went back and I watched the highlights of the match, the Ipswich Town match with Brentford. And I looked at, at the statistics and I said, what? how did this happen? Yeah, it was but, 65% possession Brentford, <laughs> 530 passes to 350. But it was, yeah. Um, uh, we're, obviously, we're hoping the exact same pattern on Saturday but we will get to that um sure now let's go to April the 8th um yep. I'm trying to work out which I mean this was a bit more of a routine um victory for you guys um yep. it was the double for Fulham um Aite does get on the score sheet this time my my memory of the first half was that we were all set up for your lovely three centre midfielders and your full backs were were brilliant um Frederick's got the assist for the first and um, really gave uh, gave us a hard time down our left, and Malone obviously scored the second one. Um, it, I think Fulham did a clever job in the second half of sitting back ten yards further than they had in the first, and then just picked us off for the for the third goal. We got a consolation right at the end. And what I do remember about that about that game as well is um, the front few rows of the Ipswich crowd really turned on McCarthy in that game but from from a Fulham point of view um this is in I've got I've got a stat here you you closed out the season with five wins and a draw so this is probably in your your best spot of the season this this second game last year do do you agree I totally agree this is when we were really at our height and uh unfortunately you came in during that period of time and uh that's when Everything was really set at that point. We're talking about the first time the teams play. That's when I saw, as I guess you could say, a focal point, a turning point of the season where I felt, okay, this is going in that direction. When the match happened at Craven Cottage, that's when we were really at at the middle of uh, where we became who we were that season. Great stuff. Um, So this Fulham team that, I I mean, when you're... When you're an opposition fan, you only really judge the team on the two games they play against your team, don't you? you don't sure. you know? I don't spend the whole time watching Fulham, so most Ipswich fans would probably say one of the, if not the best team we came up against on the on the two days we came. You know, they really really outplayed us both. Um, you came a cropper in the playoffs against Reading 2-1 on aggregate. And believe me, every Ipswich fan listening to this knows about coming a cropper in the playoffs. Um, what, what, what went wrong there? Because you would say you would match up quite well against Reading because I would say if, if Fulham sometimes overplay slightly, then Reading are even more guilty of it, aren't they? 
it's interesting when I look back at these two matches and I look back at what Yapstam did. See, teams have, I, I wouldn't say they have now a blueprint of how to play against this, but there are ways to frustrate Fulham. And Stom did that, especially in the first leg. He pressed us. And what that ends up doing is that uh, we want to play the ball out from the back. And Marcus Bettinelli would normally have, I guess you could say, free not free reign, but but the availability of the fullbacks and the, and the centerbacks to start the process of moving forward. Reading wouldn't allow us to do that. So that kind of frustrates us a little bit. And I think that started happening throughout the match where I wouldn't say it got in their heads, but it just showed that this is going to be a match that was going to be nip and tuck throughout the whole thing. And for Fulham, in a match like this, it's being clinical. And this has been our downfall this season and last season is can we be clinical enough? And going back to Aluko, we've all been talking about this. If Aluko scores in the first half, Fulham not only take the lead going into the second leg, but probably move on to the playoff final. It's it's those slim margins, those differences, those small differences between going to the next level and staying where you are and being knocked out like Fulham were uh, that just change everything. Uh, you know, listen, Fulham played this really tight, beautiful brand of football. But if you can get it and if, if, if you can disrupt it, Ben, the, uh, the problem Fulham have right now is what is the plan B? Because he only has one way to play. I'm talking about Jokanovic. Right now, there isn't a plan B. And I think that can be an issue for us. And I think that. You know, and again, we had Matt Smith, and then they let Matt Smith go to QPR. That was really the plan B. Um, but he wants to play a certain way. It's attacking football. It's pretty football. One of my co-hosts said that basically Fulham want to score the perfect goal, Ben, instead of just scoring a goal, you mm. know, from wherever. And that can come back to bite you. Uh, you're working so hard with all the passing that you want it to be perfect. And I've been screaming, just shoot, you know, mm. just shoot, just shoot from distance. And, and uh, that I think has, has been a problem with them is that instead of, you know, taking shots when they're available, you're trying to get better, a better opportunity where maybe you just need to shoot. And, uh, you know, and that to me, you know, and again, the second leg, you know, if we had, what we have now here in America, uh, VAR, I think that would have been reversed, the situation with Jan Kermigan and uh, Tomas Kallis. And it's, they it's, got a penalty. It's coming, Russ. It's, it's working well in Holland. It's, <laughs> it's coming. It'll, be, it'll go yeah. to the Premier League in the next five years and then the Championship in the next five years. I think, you're, and we had I think the, you're right. We had I think the, you're right. the buzzer go off to give a goal at Portman Road on Saturday, which was terribly exciting for us people from Suffolk who've never seen I the, saw that never seen I the like that. of it before yeah well I was I was sat in the stand and I'm like oh good clearance and you know two seconds later Garner's, Garner's running off and he scored um I, I must just come back because you've basically just described how Ipswich used to play under Burley in the playoffs in the late 90s where you have this okay. lovely system that over a 46 game season works really well and it will get you 1.8 to 1.9 points per game over 46 and every now and then someone will come up and they'll beat you but 
in in a whole season, it's fine. And then you get into this kind of what you know what I call tournament football, like playoff right. football, and you do need um, you do need that extra something something. In our case, when we got up through the playoffs, we just had this incredible. Um, it was two two, and then five three, and then four two in the final, and we were behind about. We we just got this incredible kind of um, run sort of happen. This this three games where it was just like the the football gods said, "No, you're getting promoted this season. Don't don't worry. Just a, just attacking, you're going to win." But is there any part of you that kind of went, "Well, okay, this may not be so bad. We probably would have got demolished in the Premier League, and you know." I don't know, say Kenny stars in the final, he's more likely to be sold or what have you. Is there any part of you that thinks, no, it's okay, develop under the manager a couple more years and, and, and then hit the Premier League? Well, I thought that this is going to be the season, even getting into the playoff. I thought this is the season to put it all together. The team is pretty much intact besides, like you mentioned before, Martin and Malone. This is the team from last season, and then we've added pieces to that. And I thought as long as you added the right pieces to the puzzle, this could be the season for automatic promotion. Obviously, the start is not what we want, but I wasn't, you know, again, I was disappointed. I thought that, you know, do what you can to get back to the Premier League. But at that point, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking it's okay because this will be the season. And here we are right now, and, uh, as you can imagine, Fulham supporters are, are a little worried because it started off poorly. But if you really look at it, if you look at the opponents and look what's going on, and then you go to your theory of 10 games in with a passing style, it's just a matter of time for it to all to click. Will and, it click? And the drop-off of the um, intense teams. Hopefully not. Uh, sure. You know, most, most of the league are expecting Ipswich and Cardiff and QPR to all regress at least five places, aren't they? So, you know, um, you might have segued us quite well. I just wanted to talk about the business. So yep. I'm going to fire a load of names at you, and if you can summarize. So in on permanence, uh, Camera, Fonte, Cisse, Jarlo, also on loan, Suarez, Calas, Ojo, Norwood, new contracts for Sessignon, and Kearney, and I'd like you to talk about Sessignon because your podcast yep. told me he was staying, and now I'm hearing very heavy rumours that that's not happening. Um, and uh, out Malone, Sanchez, Christensen, Stearman, Burgess. Um, look, I've, I've fired a whole load of names. Can, can you kind of summarise as best you can? Has he strengthened it? Does it look better? Um, what's going to happen to Sessignon and Kearney? Okay. Why don't I start with Sessignon and Kearney? I'll start with Kearney. The, the best piece of business Fulham did this summer was re-signing Tom Kearney uh, because without him, basically everything goes through him. The team is built around Tom Kearney. So if he was going to leave, I think it, it, it would have been a massive blow to Fulham beyond Sessignon, beyond anyone else. It was Tom Kearney. So Regardless of all the signings I'm going to mention moving forward, the best signing, I think, in the championship was re-signing of Tom Kearney. That's how important he is to fall. Not, not Joe uh, Garner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, Russ. Go on, go on. That's okay. In, in, in regards to the Sessignon situation, Sessignon did sign a three-year contract. Uh, obviously, there are the big boys that are interested in a Manchester United 
Tottenham Hotspur, hot for him. We've heard all kinds of things with the situation with Session. I, I don't know if you heard anything today. I, I The only things I keep hearing are Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. The situation that I that I think with the Sessegnon thing right now is that if they were to sell him right now, I think it would be a major mistake because of the timing of the window if you're going to sell him now. I think that eventually he will leave, but if I'm Fulham, I do whatever I can to hold on to him for this season, and I think it's best for him for his development as a player. He's not the finished article. He isn't. Uh, he's going to be an incredible player, but I think he would benefit the most from staying in Fulham. If they were to sell him, the only way I would do it if I were, was ownership was to get a loan back, and then you do it. But even in that case, you still don't have enough time, I think, to properly use the money. No. And uh, that's the rub here. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens with Sessegnon. You know, again, I, I keep hearing things, you know, and uh, it, I like to think that he's going to stay. But until that window shuts, you never know. And uh, if I'm Fulham, if there's a deal on the table and they feel that they have to do it, do it sooner than later. Give yourself a chance to... Uh, to bring in players, but I generally hope that they don't, and I generally hope that he stays at Fulham for this upcoming season, and then uh, and then we'll we'll address it. I don't even want to address it in January. I want to address it next uh, next summer, but it's a it's a difficult one because he's that talented. And what about the permanence? In is there a goal scorer in there, Cameron Fonte? <laughs> well. If I'm being completely honest with you, the player that you should be concerned about because you don't know a lot about him is Rui Font. Yeah. Rui Font, in a very short period of time, we're talking one match, showed me more than I would say Hugo Rodiaca in the past, some other players, strikers that we've had. Uh, Who was that Greek one that cost an absolute fortune? Oh, uh, Kostas Mitragel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, a French um, Steve Marley as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Boy, you're going, you're going back with Marley. But, yeah. but listen, th- there've been some clunkers. The thing with with Font that I've seen, and again, you're just talking. I'm talking one match. He just looks like he is a proper striker that can be dangerous, that can set up his teammates. We saw that in the one match against Sheffield Wednesday, and also was not afraid to shoot. So when you have that combination, uh. It's different than what we've had. You know, Chris Martin was a different type. He was a whole, you know, he, he he was a hold up type of striker. You know, he was a target man that could actually still be stylish. Uh, Font has more pace, I believe, than Martin and has more skill than Martin. So I think I think he can I think he's going to score a good amount of goals and. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Set up a lot of teammates this season. Camera is more of the work in progress. I think he's going to come through. The, there are fans that are doubting him right now because he hasn't scored yet. And uh, it, he just looks like he just isn't ready for the league that he's in yet. He just needs time. It, it's it's about experience, more about, about experience with him. Font looks like he could walk right in and start scoring goals. And uh, I, ex- I expect to see him play. At uh, Portman Road, I, I definitely expect to see that because of what I've already seen from him. And uh, well, and the, the only- it sounds like if Aite and I mean we'll come on to this, Aite and Aluko yeah. aren't around. He's pretty certain to be, be yes. there on Saturday, isn't he? Yes, uh, you know. And uh, listen, he, you know, Savisa might play both of them together. We're talking about Camera and and also Font, but I would definitely expect to see Font, and I. Really like what I've seen in a short spell so far with Fulham. We're talking one match, but you know when you you look at someone and and you just know um, this is a player that I just know that he fits to what they want to do, and he looks like he's going to score. It's just a matter of time. Mm. And on the loans, Callas we know is a good player. The one I yep. didn't I didn't totally understand is where where would Norwood fit in, given that your centre midfield three is so good. It's a great question, and here's the answer, and it's an issue that Fulham are dealing with. The problem with, with uh, the midfield three, they're so excellent together. They mesh so well. It really is a well-oiled machine when the three are, are playing well. But they played so many minutes and matches last season that uh, there can be that, that wear and tear. And unfortunately for Fulham right now, Tom Kearney is not 100%. And... Uh, I, I, I saw one fan describe him as a passenger against Sheffield Wednesday because he's just not there yet. He, that that was the first time that he played the full 90 in a long time. And uh, the reason why Norwood is in there is to be able to go in there when one of these three guys cannot play. And that's what's great about Norwood. Norwood fits in. Norwood can play any of those three positions of the, those uh, midfield three. That's what makes him so valuable. Uh, if one can't play, he's in there, and he he fits right away. He has a, a great level of passing ability, and that fits in exactly how they want to play. We, we also have 
Ibrahim Assise that they got in that is more your defensive midfielder, so he gives them cover for, say, Kevin McDonald. Uh, so they did what they needed to do covering the midfield three. They, they helped themselves up front with the two strikers, which is good. The situation they just brought in, uh, uh, Rafa Soares, uh, unfortunately, is injured, uh, who's highly regarded in Portugal. So apparently uh, he'll start training with Fulham reportedly after the uh, international break. So he's not ready to go, but we've heard good things about him. And uh, you mentioned Carlos. You know, Carlos was key to, um, to that central defense, along with Tim Ream, who we already have. So the additions have been very good. I, you know, I've Are been happy stronger? with the additions. Are you stronger in terms of quality, would you say, given no Martin or Malone and the people who've come in? Do you rank yourself better than last season? On paper, yes. But as as you and I know, games aren't played on paper. So until these players really get into the way that Savisa wants to play, I mean, I'd like to think that we will be stronger. I think over a course of time, you will see a stronger team. But only time will tell if these were upgrades. I think Font will end up being an upgrade over Martin. I truly believe that. I think, I think they needed camera, so I think he's going to help them as, as well. The situation with Malone's interesting because, uh, you know, I've seen fans say that, uh, that we've lost a great deal without Malone. Well, we'll see if Soros can, can fill in there. Because the interesting situation with Ryan Session is that I think over the course of his career, he will transition, this is just my opinion, from a left back to playing more up front in, I, in the midfield. I, I agree. I think um, there's, I remember Jamie Carragher talking brilliantly about how people end up at fullback on Sky once and saying, OK, if you're a centre-half and you're not big enough, you go over to fullback. If you're a winger and you're not good enough going forward, you end up at fullback. If you're that skillful, you don't end up at fullback because you can, you know, you're, you're money, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, um, great stuff. Um, so, <laughs> given all of that stuff, playoff finished last year and we think better on paper, I was going to make a very funny joke there where I was going to say, okay. um, well, the game's not played on paper, it's played on grass, or if you were at Millwall <laughs> the other day. It's not even, played, right. not even played on grass. We were the football team oh. in that one. Crikey. Um, so, so far this season, draw with our friends Norwich, beat Wickham in the League Cup, uh, draw with playoff um, Reading, and there's another draw as well, wasn't there? I don't recall who that was against. Leeds United. Leeds United, thank you. Um, my notes say two more draws with Reading and Fulham, and I'm like, no, <laughs> Fulham didn't draw with Fulham. Um, and then two defeats, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Do you know what? When I listened to your podcast on the Wednesday game, you pretty yep. much described their exact performance against us at Portman Road. I was like, I've seen this game that <laughs> that you're <laughs> describing. Uh, you know, uh, Bannon doing yeah. well in them chatting out. And then Bristol Rovers in the League Cup, although that was a, um, that was a reserve team. Why, why, yep. the, why the slow start? Is it just that Malone and Martin were mainstays or is it just you haven't got in the groove yet or the new signings? Why, 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 why such a poor start? All the above, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, the Chris Martin thing is more to do with the strikers really, really getting, getting uh, 
involved in the team and, and really getting into Slavisa's system. I and think Russ, that's just I, a, a matter of time. Sorry to cut you off, yep. but can I add there, um, having watched Joe Garner play a few times, one thing you'll miss from Martin is he's, he's just a nasty bloke. And we've got yep. Garner who winds, winds up the centre-half elbows, leaves his foot in everything. We love him. And you look at this lovely, beautiful Fulham team, and you don't see, you know, you think Martin would have been good for that aggression and yeah. that gnarliness. Oh, I agree. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So it's a combination of, of many things. Uh, it's a combination of the situation in central midfield. Like I mentioned, that is the machine. Those three are the machine. And when they're not all clicking, well, Fulham aren't all clicking. Uh, as you know, as a unit. So the issue is partial to deal with health because McDonald missed the opener against Norwich City. That hurt them. Tom Kearney is not 100%. That obviously really hurts them because everything is built to, to flow around him. So when he's not himself, Fulham are, are really not uh, firing on all cylinders. And then when you add you know, the opponents, and listen, you have to add the opponents to this. I mean, these are four tough opponents. It's not a shock that we've started this. It's it's just disappointing because of the season we had prior. We thought that we would, you know, be able to start strong. And uh, I keep going back to what you said in your podcast. I think there's some truth to it that to really mesh together, to get the passing together, I think it does take time, even though we ended that season strong. It doesn't always just pick up where you left. And I think that's also what's going on. It's a combination of many things that has, uh, that has been the reason for the slow start. And yes, there are fans panicking. But if you look back and you, and you understand what Fulham have, and I heard you guys talking about this, you hope that it doesn't happen on Saturday. At some point, it's gonna it's gonna click, Ben. And when it clicks, gonna, it's gonna be really good. Going to run and again, yeah. Yes, we're gonna go on a run. It's just a matter. It's not a, for me. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Will it happen on Saturday? I hope so for my sake. But if it doesn't happen on Saturday, it's gonna happen very soon. Interesting. Very good. Um, can you mark our card then? So, um, I'm expecting if it's Yukanovic, it's gonna be. Fluidy and four three three four two three one. However you want to yep. describe yep. it. Um, uh, who do you who do you see playing on Saturday? Who are we going to get to watch? Okay, uh, this is what I'll go with. I, I you know I will stick with Button in goal. I'm going to go with Fredericks at right back. The centre backs will be Ream and Callis, and then I'm going to go with a Doy at left back. I am going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with the midfield three. I'm going. I'm. I'm hoping that Kearney is available, so I'm going to say that he's going to play along with McDonald and Johansson. So I'm going to go with this four-three-three. I'm going to have Sessignon on the left, Font in the middle, and on the right. I'm thinking about this because the situation with Aluko. I'm going to say he's going to go on him. Okay. Um, still a pretty pretty fearsome team actually even you know when you it's, yep. it's, to be honest as long as those midfield three are there um it's it's a bit as, as Johansson dropped off a bit this this year um a little bit yeah and uh, you know and it's funny he, you know 
people have mentioned that to me. One of my co-hosts said he, he doesn't, you know, again, this is after the first match, didn't look like he was, he was uh, fully fit yet. And that could be true. He hasn't been at his best. He hasn't been horrible. He just hasn't been at his uh, maximum potential yet. And uh, like I said, it, I really think it really is about those three working together as a team. When one is not off to the races, the other two aren't either. And uh, it, they all work together in unison. It, it really is about Kearney, you know, ultimately because everything goes through him. But the three of them need to work together. And, and, and they haven't had enough time in training to, to do that yet because of the uh, injury situation with Kearney. So their timing is off. Everything is off, Ben. And, and that all leads to why Fulham are where they are. There are all these factors. But if I really want to pick the number one, it's the midfield three not being able to play enough together and Kearney not being healthy enough yet. Mm, very good, very good. Um, so how do you see it playing out on Saturday? I've got your stats from last week. It was Brentford. Yep. They play... I mean, without, and I wouldn't say this to our friends at Besotted, but Brentford are kind of like a slightly less good Fulham, aren't they? They're a, you know, a, if Fulham are the um, the kind of passing team, Brentford are just the rung down, aren't they? Very good, very good side, yeah. obviously. Um, so they made 592 passes on their way to 65.1% possession and a 2-0 defeat. How do you see it playing out on Saturday? Okay, well... Uh what I see on Saturday, uh, yeah, boy, let me just give this some thought here. Okay, um, I'm going to go with the idea that that this is the weekend, my friend, and and that everything clicks. Uh, Kearney's been resting this week. Like I said, uh, I was just just checking out the uh, presser from Savisio Kanovic. He did not mention anything about Kearney, which to me is is a positive sign. It doesn't mean that he's going to play. But I'm hoping that he's going to play and that he's doing better than he did against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, if the three of them are doing what they potentially can do and uh, we control the game, I think Fulham are going to win this 2-1. to one. I'll go with 2-1. to one. Great stuff. And um, I suppose if it's Ream and Callas, they should be able to cope with the, you know, the kind of high-intense up and out. And we've been playing four forwards. So, yep. um you know, they're, they're, Ream particularly is kind of big, powerful guy, and Callas is a bit more, bit more classy, isn't he? Uh, you know, it, it's actually, actually, uh, it's kind of the other way around. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Ream, <laughs> Ream is the, uh, Ream is the thinker. Ream, is, Ream is more of the ball at his feet kind of uh, center back. Uh, he reads the game very well, and Callas is the one that actually does most of the uh, dirty work, I guess you could say. Which one's I'm, more likely to get wound up by Garner and get himself sent off? <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to focus on that one, yeah? Honestly, probably Carlos. Yeah, uh, right. Oh, he had a red card, uh, didn't he? Um, he did. He did. Reading. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm going to go with Carlos. <laughs> you know, well, but, that, uh, that was more a question of not being awake at the start of the game rather than being wound up, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. Uh, great stuff, Russ. Um, expectations for the season then. So I've got. Three stats from last season, sixth position, 80 points, and 85 goals. Are you going to beat any of those three numbers? I think we're going to beat our point total because I think the goals are going to come. 
what's encouraging so far, Ben, is that in these four games, if you look at the uh, total of goals that we've given up, that's gone down. So if the defense is improved from last season, uh, I think our point total is going to go up. And uh, people think I'm crazy for saying this. I predicted this at the beginning of the season, so I'm going to go with it until I can't go with it any further. I predicted automatic promotion for Fulham, and I'm not backing down on that because there's a long way to go. It doesn't look good right now. And I think once we hit our stride, we're going to just get a huge amount of consecutive victories here. It's just a matter, like I said, for me, it really is a matter of when, not if. And uh, it's going to happen. I predicted Sheffield Wednesday to win the league and us to come in second. We'll see if I am crazy. People think I'm crazy now, so we'll see. (laughs) Excellent. And what we've been doing when I've been doing these interviews uh, with other podcasts is we've been collecting your um, favorite players to try and make up an opposition team. So we have one from Birmingham, one from Barnsley, and one from uh, Brentford. So it doesn't have to, it can be a cult hero, it can be a weird one. Just your favourite Fulham player since you've been supporting? Mine's easy. I, I call him Mr. Fulham. Uh, it might surprise some, but it's Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy. Let me add him to, he's going to go in midfield with Brentford's Terry Herlock, who's going to kick everyone <laughs> up in the air and Murphy's going to do all the passing. In he goes. Lovely stuff. Um, Russ, great stuff. Can you just do me a favour, please? Because your catchphrase, I think you may not know it, is very good, my friend. Can you just give me a very good, my friend? Boy, I I get called out on that all the time. No, 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 I love it. Very good, my friend. Thank you. Um, Where can we find you on Twitter and give us one more plug for the podcast? Sure. You can find me on Twitter, Russ underscore Goldman. You can also find the show on Twitter at Cottage Talk Altogether. You can listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com slash cottage talk, on Apple Podcast, on the TuneIn app, on cottagersconfidential.espionation. It's posted there as well. And I must just give a give a kind of endorsement to the show. I listen to a lot of these podcasts in research, and some of them are a bit more biased. You guys are pretty balanced, aren't you? I, particularly after the Sheffield Wednesday. Pilot, I think so. Was, you know, oh, they were the better team. So you're not going to get biased. So I would encourage after this weekend, um, Ipswich fans to um, tune in and get the get the Fulham view on on that one. And can we get you back in January? Russ, after I think it's January the second, the next next one, isn't it? Absolutely, Ben, and uh, I'm glad that you said that because this podcast we try to be as uh, balanced as we possibly can. We're, we're fans; we want them to win. I'm a glass half full supporter, and I have other supporters that do the show with me that are glass half empty. So it actually works out pretty good. <laughs> but but what's interesting that regardless. I am brutally honest, and they're brutally honest. If we're good, we're going to say they're good. If they're terrible, you're going to hear it. And uh, if there's a player that's not playing well, like I mentioned Sonia Luco on the last show, I'm going to point that out. Even though I don't want to, I have to be honest. He did not play well in the last match, and I'm going to call it the way I see it. And that's what we kind of do on uh, Cottage Talk. Very good, my friend. Um, (laughs) um, I think we can have a bit of fun with this, Russ. At the moment, Ipswich is second, Fulham are 19th. You can see where I'm going with this. <laughs> January the 2nd, yeah. are you telling me that that's going to swap places? <laughs> Although, we, the, the, thing, the thing I'm find, find, finding with Ipswich now is um, the teams at the bottom of the Championship are generally utterly terrible. And this four wins that Ipswich have got, 
probably they're probably going to be safe from relegation on the basis that these teams at the bottom are normally so awful yep. on points per game. But um, January the second, um, there's not going to be 17 places between the two teams, is there? No, no, no. There won't. You know, my hope is that by that period of time, Fulham are in playoff contention, and then we can see where we are after that. That's just, just what a few I spots think... below Ipswich, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Listen, I'm Ben. I am very happy for you uh, because I remember talking to you last season and, and how bad it was, and and all you were talking about was Mick McCarthy. Would he survive? Look at look at Mick now. Amazing. I mean, it's, just, it's 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 funny. It, it's, it's funny hilarious. to see how quickly how quickly it turns, right? But I have you know I have no bad feelings towards Ipswich Town. I like you. I, I I love your show. You have a wonderful podcast. And I do wish you the best, uh, and we'll see who wins on, on Saturday. But I don't think that you guys are going to be any relegation issue. I don't <laughs> think Fulham are either. I think that if we look at, at January, you know, it's a great start. If, if you could keep it going, who's to say that you wouldn't be 8th to 10th? And that would be, and that would be good. Oh, d- d- look, we wanted 1.4 to 1.5 points per game and... Between 12th and 9th would have been, you know, after 16th last year. Um, so we'll see how it goes. The one thing I've learned is that um, what's quite nice for Ipswich fans that they probably don't realise is that 16 years in the Championship has actually taught you to be able to lose with dignity. You know, we hear a lot of sour grapes from other teams' fans, and I think we're, I think we're quite a good bunch with, you know, uh, of, you know, losing, <laughs> losing with dignity and trying to be trying to be balanced after so long. Right, Russ, I'm going to do the sign off, and then I'm going to give you the last word. So. Um, obviously, sure. you're listening to the Blue Monday podcast um, on the Acast app and on... Um, actually, you schooled me there, Russ, earlier. I should call it Apple Podcasts, not iTunes, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> and you you can get three shows per week now, so um, all down the same feed. Uh, this is obviously the newest one, the preview show, and we'll be back on Monday with the flagship show. You can buy a T-shirt um, if you just look at the top on our Twitter. There's a nice link in there. Follow me on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom. Dave is at David Diamond 3 and Statman is at Chompex3. We're on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And please check out my YouTube series, um, Blue Tube. Just type Benjamin Bloom in. Follow me there. Um, Russ, thank you very much for um, interrupting your vacation. Um, good luck to Fulham this year. It's def- we don't want you to get promoted because we just like going to the, um, going to the away <laughs> game. Although it's not going to be very sunny on... Um, on, uh, I remember taking photos at the last away game and it was like, God, this is a very nice location to play football, isn't it? Um, so yeah. good luck with everything and let's have the last word from you. Well, I wish uh, you and the Ipswich Town fans the best of luck on Saturday and may the best club win and, and uh, hopefully it's a good match. It's, it's a, a match of uh, contrasting styles so that makes things interesting and uh, we'll see who wins. Thank you, Russ. Um, Bye, everybody, and hopefully we'll see Russ back in January. Say bye, Russ. Thanks a lot, Ben. And there it is. 
is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.